Laudator Jesus Christus, Vatican and World News. Today, Tuesday, February 13th, is the Feast of St. Jordan of Saxony, Dominican priest. And these are today's headlines. The director of the CIA is in Egypt for discussions on a ceasefire plan for Gaza. Haiti's bishops uh, denounce the ongoing violence that is racking the Caribbean nation. And the Vatican announces that Pope Francis will be visiting Venice in April. In the Vatican, I'm Christopher Wells. The director of the United States Central Intelligence Agency is due in Egypt for discussions on a Qatari-brokered ceasefire plan to halt fighting in Gaza in exchange for Hamas freeing Israeli captives. Nathan Morley has the latest. Discussions are set to take place in Cairo between the head of the CIA, William Burns, his Egyptian counterpart, and Qatar's prime minister. The gathering comes as international pressure grows for a ceasefire in Gaza. Israel has been preparing to launch a ground offensive against Hamas in Rafah, where more than a million people are taking shelter. A spokesman for the Israeli embassy in London, Oli Goldschmidt, said the military was not targeting civilians. The Prime Minister has asked the IDF to bring a plan that is feasible that will allow the civilians to move to safer areas. We don't want to hurt civilians. We have never been at war with the Palestinian people. Our only war is against Hamas. And we will do everything we can in order to minimize the numbers of civilian casualties. But you know, there's a very simple equation here. If Hamas cares about their own civilians, they can just surrender today, and then we won't need this ground invasion. Earlier, the U.S. President Joe Biden insisted that Rafa must be protected. He said Israel must make credible efforts to shield those seeking shelter in the city. At the same time, Britain's Foreign Secretary David Cameron urged Israel to think seriously before embarking on any campaign in Rafa. In a separate development, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees, UNRWA, says that essential food supplies for the Gaza Strip are being stopped from entering the enclave by Israeli authorities. Meanwhile, medical officials in Gaza say 28,340 Palestinians have been killed since this conflict erupted back in October last year. Elsewhere, the Israeli army killed a Palestinian man in the West Bank, according to the Palestinian Ministry of Health. The 20-year-old, identified as Mohammed Salmi, was killed after being hit by several bullets fired by the Israeli army, according to a press release. For Vatican Radio, this is Nathan Morley reporting. Turning to the Americas, the vice president of the Haitian Bishops' Conference, Bishop Pierre-André Dumas, has spoken out against the unabated violence in the Caribbean country as he, with the Episcopal Conference, appeals to authorities to intervene wisely for the good of the entire country. In an interview with Vatican Media, Bishop Dumas called for peaceful solutions for the problems plaguing Haiti. Deborah Castellano-Lubov has this report. A few days ago, the relative of a nun, the superior of a religious order, disappeared without a trace. Her abduction was like that of the six sisters of the St. Anne congregation in the Haitian capital of Port-au-Prince, who were later released in late January after several days of captivity. 
As Haiti's list of murders and abductions grows always longer, the bishops refuse to give up. In the name of God, Haiti's Episcopal Conference appealed, we ask the authorities to end the suffering of the Haitian people. Despite exhortations that seem to fall on deaf ears, their efforts are empowered by their love for the people and faith in the Lord. Bishop Pierre-André Dumas, aside from his role as vice president in the Bishops' Conference, is the pastor of Ansevu-Meraguena, the diocese where the six sisters were kidnapped. In an attempt to save them, he had even offered himself to the kidnappers as a bargaining chip. In an interview with Vatican Radio's Federico Piana, Bishop Dumas acknowledged that the conflicts among armed gangs risked degenerating into a civil conflict. He urged the current prime minister to lead a peaceful transition of power as soon as possible in order to avoid further bloodshed. The people can't take it anymore, he warned, as he sees riots and upheavals on the horizon, given Haitians are tired of death and poverty. In full harmony with the Episcopal Conference, he stressed that the church is alongside the people, but the task of the church is to make it understood that peaceful solutions must be found. Bishop Dumas lamented that the Haitian society is collapsing and paralyzed by terror. It has been four weeks since children stopped studying because schools are closed due to the escalation of violence. He noted this, too, is a sign of failure. The bishop recalled the church in Haiti's appeal to authorities for courageous actions inspired by wisdom. I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov. Also concerning Haiti, on Tuesday, Catherine Russell, the executive director of UNICEF, in a post on X, recalled that in 2023, over 160 children in Haiti were killed or injured in violence. Just this past week, at least two children were reportedly killed in Haiti's capital, while over 2,600 people were forced to flee their homes. Russell insisted on the social media platform that millions of people in Haiti need humanitarian aid and that the children of Haiti must not be forgotten. In Asia, in India, security forces have fired water cannons and tear gas in an attempt to stop thousands of farmers marching on New Delhi after talks with the government failed. As Linda Bordoni reports, the government's response to this year's protests is tinged with a strong political hue. Riding tractors and trucks, the protesting farmers are demanding greater support, guaranteed prices for their produce and forgiveness for loans, as well as a number of other concessions. The capital, New Delhi, meanwhile, is ringed by razor wire cement blocks and fencing on three sides to keep protests at bay. As authorities on Tuesday detained a number of farmers and suspended internet services in some districts of neighbouring Haryana state, they are determined to control the demonstrations to avoid a repeat of the 2021 protests in which dozens died and tens of thousands of farmers camped outside the capital for over a year, enduring a harsh winter and a devastating COVID-19 surge. Those protests ended only after ministers agreed to repeal controversial agriculture laws. But just over two years later, the farmers say other key demands have not been met. 
Today's confrontation comes after a breakdown in negotiations between union leaders and the government ministers on Monday. Apart from the socio-economic significance of the protests, with national elections on the horizon, politics plays a huge part in this year's showdown due to the sheer numbers of farmers in India. Analysts say the government of Prime Minister Narendra Modi and his Bharatiya Janata Party, the BJP, that is seeking a third consecutive term in power in general elections, will be keen not to alienate them. According to government figures, two-thirds of India's 1.4 billion people draw their livelihood from agriculture, accounting for nearly a fifth of the country's GDP. I'm Linda Bordoni. The Holy See on Monday reaffirmed the crucial importance of strong social protection systems, access to education, and decent work to eradicate poverty. Addressing the UN Commission for Social Development, the Vatican's permanent observer, Archbishop Gabriele Giordano Caccia, also called for more attention to be paid in international discussions to the family as a crucial actor in social development, and therefore deserving of protection and support from society and the state. Lisa Zangarini tells us more. In his address to the 62nd session of the UN Commission for Social Development discussing the implementation of the 2030 Agenda, Archbishop Kacha highlighted the crucial role played by education as a primary vehicle of integral human development, reaffirming that poverty can be eradicated by addressing first of all its root causes. The Vatican Observer therefore reiterated the need for measures to ensure access to education for poor families so that every child, including the poorest, can fulfil his potential in accordance with his inherent dignity. He also remarked that adults should be provided with opportunities for continuing their education, including retraining for those who lose their jobs. Archbishop Katscha further mentioned access to decent work and fair remuneration for all and therefore stressed the importance of labour policies that promote conditions of justice in the workplace and the economy while reflecting that work is an expression of the human person, not the ends for which people are made. Finally, the Vatican Nuncio called for more attention to be paid to the family as a crucial actor in social development, therefore deserving of protection and support from society and the state. In this regard, he reiterated the Holy See's concerns that in international discussions the family is increasingly downplayed or even denigrated, recalling that for many around the world the family is not only the first but also the only form of social protection. Archbishop Katra insisted that social policies must support this fundamental group unity of society in its essential role in achieving social justice and social development. I am Lisa Zengarini. And a brief with European bishops, along with Catholic development agencies, are urging the governments of EU member states to adopt new landmark legislation, which aims to hold large companies accountable for human rights and environmental abuses in their value chains. Initially presented by the European Commission in 2022, the Corporate Sustainability Due Diligence Directive has been contested for some time as critics fear it adds to companies' bureaucratic burden. 
Finally, the Vatican announced on Tuesday that Pope Francis will make a one-day visit to the northern Italian city of Venice on April 28th. There, the Pope will visit the local church community and the Holy See's pavilion at the 2024 Venice Art Biennale, as Devin Watkins reports. The Vatican Dicastery for Culture and Education announced on Tuesday that Pope Francis will visit Venice on April 28th. During his one-day pastoral visit to the northern Italian city, the Pope will make a stop at the 60th International Art Exhibition of La Biennale di Venezia 2024. He is scheduled to take a moment to appreciate the Holy See's Pavilion at the Biennale's exhibit in the Judeca Women's Prison. Entitled With My Eyes, the pavilion is dedicated to the theme of human rights and people living on the margins of society. It seeks to draw the world's attention to those people who are largely ignored while fostering a culture of encounter and is curated by Chiara Parisi and Bruno Racine. The Holy See Pavilion invites the viewer to take Pope Francis's words literally as he invites everyone to look others directly in the eyes, looking beyond their social status to encounter their humanity. The 2024 Art Biennale of Venice bears the title Foreigners Everywhere and will be open from April 20th until November 24th. According to a press release from the Dicastery for Culture and Education and the Patriarchate of Venice, Pope Francis will also spend some time with members of the church community in Venice. He will return to Rome on the same day. I'm Devin Watkins. And that brings us to the end of this edition of Vatican and World News. For more on these and other stories, we invite you to visit our Vatican News web portal at www.vaticannews.va. And don't forget to join us tomorrow, Ash Wednesday, for the Pope's general audience and the Ash Wednesday Mass celebrated by Pope Francis. Many thanks to our sound technicians in the studio. In the Vatican, I'm Christopher Wells.